I'm Carly Shields, and I play Lola, the Harpy Wizard. I'm John, and I play Mort McCoy, the Skeletal Ranger. Hey, everybody. It's Patrick, and I play Ezra the Golem. This is Ray, and I play Cammy the Kitsune. Hey, I'm Adam Bash. I'm the Storyteller, and welcome to Brute Force. Greetings, five patrons. Welcome to the Gilded Ram Grog House in T-Robe. I, of course, am Jasper Spitwessel, and, well, you know, um, still out on the streets. Nothing new there. The new owners here at the Gilded Ram Grog House in T-Robe have, uh, well, I mean, they've retained me, obviously. I'm still on stage, which is wonderful. Um, the big scheme of things, I think that's great. Um, still won't let me upstairs, though, which I, th- I think is... Uh, technically not legal. I mean, they're holding significant portions of my property. Um, and I find it uh, distasteful. Um, yes, do I do I happen to owe a certain amount of money? Yes, of course. I have not um, been super forthright, I suppose, on, on, uh, on payment of, uh, of uh, the, the tab that I, I might have accrued over the last handful of months here in the Gilded Ramp. But my point remains that that's that's all money that I owe the guy that owned the place last time. You know, it's not their problem. They came in, they looked at the books, they said, well, here's the money. Look at that. Here's how much money they got on the register. Here's how much we have in the safe in the back. Um, and that's about it, you know. that's it. You can't really count my debts towards the value of a business. I mean, anyone who does that just doesn't know me. Um, so anyway, I feel like, you know, they should have done their due diligence. Um... And here I am, you know, to pay the Piper for it. <laughs> Literally, I guess, because apparently the new owner's name is Piper. Piper Vod Montgomery, which is a stupid, a stupid name, honestly. Um, Piper Von Montgomery. It's just a mouthful. All right, but well, I'm sure I'm not here uh, to just to trash their name, you know. I'm sure that's not why they brought me up here on stage today. To not pay me, by the way. They're still not paying me. They say, well, you know, you can, you're not going to get paid. You can stick around. And then maybe after we work all this out, then we'll start paying you again after you've paid off your debt. But I figure if we're at that stage, you know, where they're garnishing my, all of my wages at this point, um, which I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so devoted to you as an audience at this point that I'm effectively doing this for no money right now. Um... But they've garnished uh, all of my wages. But at that state, I am uh, apparently paying them back for what they think I owe them. So they should let me upstairs to get my stuff back. Don't you guys, you all agree with me on that point, right? So tonight when you fill out your comment cards, make sure to put that on there. Let Jasper up to his room, or at least the room that used to be his, to get his stuff. Well, when we last left the brute force, they were on an airship, you know, as was kind of their... Uh, their fashion at the time. A lot of airship riding. Yeah, very convenient, I suppose, from a, from a travel standpoint. Um, they were escorted by Ilstrak Filifar, the court mage of Vrim, and actually the brother to Queen Iliana Filifar of Brim. I said Vrim, but I'm really thinking about hats a lot these days, and I think that's kind of where that comes from. Uh, but it was Vrim, obviously. Uh, they had just left Oster of all places, you know, I had, had talked to Crispus Chumpbottom uh, specifically about the need for uh, Mirka's newly acquired relic, Burden's Rest. It seems the council was not very interested in loaning out additional relics while there was still someone out there killing paragons and taking all of the relics. In retrospect, we all probably should have expected that. I mean, objectively speaking, it was a very bright move on their part. Um, but it did mean that the brute force had to go to Merkheim and try to convince Mirka that maybe she needed to let it go. Well, along the way, Mort and Ezra talked about game plan, while Lola 
found herself at a place she knew quite well, with a person she thought she had known quite well. Okay, so you guys are headed to Murkheim. So I would imagine that you guys are airshipping it up on the way down to Murkheim at this point. Yeah, that was the plan. Okay, so what would Lola have been doing on just a normal ass first day after you have left hanging out on the boat? Her main goal of this downtime was going to be to train with Illy to try to, you know, hone her, her boom boom magic. Okay. So let's say you guys are doing that. What kind of training do you think you guys would be doing? Outside of barrel target practice. Which didn't go wonderfully. No. So maybe he co-opted like the exact opposite training method and like is like, okay, some some quiet meditation. Oh, yeah. Okay. That could be cool. Okay. So while that's happening, what are Mort and Ezra, what are you guys up to? Uh, I think Mort... Wants to sort of take Ezra aside, you know, find out how he's feeling, like calm him down a bit so he, he doesn't just murder Mirka or try to murder Mirka. Ezra is um, sharpening a knife with a whetstone. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking apart his finger banger <laughs> and polishing the, the bits. So, uh, Ezra, um, I know that you're not the the biggest mecha fan at the moment. Um, but I'm I'm not sure that, you know, just rolling in there and, you know, just straight up attacking her is really the best option. I think perhaps we could maybe try and talk to her first, you know, make her see our side of things. Got a, got a quick question for you, my guy. Sure. You, you got the, you, you're a, you're a swordsman, sword, sword, sword skeleton. Uh, I do have swords, yes. Is this, is this right? And Ezra's, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen you do it. I don't really, I'm not even sure where I got this knife. Typically, as a rule, Ruth didn't let me have sharp objects. Uh, but this this sounds right. It's doing a real neat, I, real it, neat sound. It looks like you, you've got the, the hang of it. Oh, cool. It's making a nice shing yeah, sound. Yeah, I wanted to be real sharp for when I, you know, stab America in the back, like she stabbed yeah, us in you the see, back. Uh, this, is, this is kind of what I, I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, Mirka does have a relic. No, it's not going to be easy to, to, you know, take it down if that's what your plan is. You know, right? That's why I'm doing it from from behind as a, as a sneak, as a sneak option. You know what's more dangerous than a person with a relic? A yeti with a relic. Now she's got a, a very, very large axe. Right. So I, I think we should try and talk to her. If all else fails and we do have to go on the offensive, I think maybe if we can trigger her transformation, then she's no longer a yeti with a big axe. She's just a person with a big axe. That's a great idea. Second, what if we meet her in some sort of glade, some sort of wooded uh, area, and I can be in bush form, and you can be having a talk with her, and then she, she's like, oh, is that, is, that, is that much a little bit closer than it was? Uh, oh, she doesn't, she's not thinking anything about it, because she probably, probably forgot my goo, and then all of a sudden the bush is right behind her knifed in the back that that's an option i mean if if you want to to hide in in bush form i think that, that will be fine um if you want me to try and talk to her before you you stab her listen see if we can convince her to to hand over the, the relic you seem pretty anti-knife my guy and ezra just tosses the knife and the whetstone like over the bow of the airship <laughs> you know. poor guy down below he <laughs> just gets a knife in his head <laughs> You know, we won't worry about the knife. Uh, sure, we can we can talk to her. She was always good at that. You know, we're always good at, at talking. She was, was. Should we detour and go get her dad? No, no time, no time for that. <laughs> we'll just go. We'll just go. We'll, we'll tell her we spoke to her dad. If you know, because you know she wants about her family. Well, I I know you you feel that she betrayed us, and <clears throat> in a way, in a way, I suppose she did. But remember, it wasn't her that. Killed Jumptooth. No, I know, but you know what they say, you know? When you're here, you're family, is, is what they say, you know? And they also say, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. And, you know what I mean? Winning is winning. You never even had your car, you know? And so, no one comes here for the tuna, you know what I mean? And uh, I just feel, you know, I feel betrayed about the Jamtooth situation. It's really messed up. She knows how much I loved uh, Mr. Tooth. And, uh, you know, 
uh, we're going to have to have some words about it. A parlay. I learned that word. I heard that word. Illstrek used it. He said parlay. And that's a good word. That's that's the exact sort of word that we want to be using. The the parlay word rather than the murder word. You you know a lot. I know some things. Do paragons, do they do a kill on each other? Or is there some sort of paragon rule where we're not allowed to do a chop? I don't think it... It's uh, a common occurrence. Um, I believe there have been times in the past when you know some some of the, the kingdoms have gone to war against each other, mm-hmm. and you know paragon and paragon violence happens. But you know, it's it's not a common occurrence, and probably something that should be avoided if possible. You know, given my uh, uh, druthers, it's another track word I learned. I'm not really sure how it means, but he said it exactly like that. Given my druthers, so that's probably right. Uh, I would rather... I think that's a kind of soup. Mmm. Okay. I would like... I wonder if they have any druthers on the ship. We should... When we finish this parlay, <laughs> we should go see if we got any druthers here. Um, after I've had my druthers, maybe we should see if Mirka... Like, ideally, we join back up when we got our full squad again. You know what that, I mean? That's certainly an idea. If we can convince her of the the righteousness of our task. Tell you what, if she apologizes to us for killing Jamtooth, and she seems actually sorry, and she's not saying that just because that's what she thinks we want to hear, but... Hey, but remember, she didn't kill Jamtooth. Right, but she did the she whole... She can apologize for, you know, leaving us, and, you know, taking the opportunity to cash in on Jamtooth's death, as it were. Well, we'll just see what happens when we get there. I'm not making any promises, but I'll do the I'll do the parlay number one. I'll have a nice piping hot bullet druthers number two. Number three though. I wish I hadn't tossed that knife overboard. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll find someone that sells knives, right? They got knives. Yeah. I'm sure there's there's probably a, a whole armory on this airship, I would imagine. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I think we could could find you a knife or a sword, maybe. That's <clears> just a big knife, really. You know what they say? The Bigger the knife, the bigger the stab wound. Is that right? I haven't, I haven't heard that before. I haven't, I haven't heard no. that one. They they also say that's not a knife. This is a knife. I have heard that. I have heard that one before. Yeah, it's normally when someone's holding a fork. You say that's not a knife. That's a fork. All right. Well, I'm gonna go see about some druthers. Uh, do you want to come? How do you do soup anyway? Uh, it's a messy affair, if I'm honest. Uh, I try to avoid soup if I can, but uh, sure, let's yeah. let's go and uh, see if we can find some druthers. Because I think I'd like to watch that. I bet it's real freaky. Uh, just for you, Ezra, I will drink some druthers. <laughs> uh, eat some druthers. Do you drink a soup or do you eat a soup? I guess half a dozen of one, six of the other. I suppose it depends how chunky the druthers are. Well, then you're more you, you get yourself more of a stew situation, I think. That's true. Uh, maybe Druthers is a stew. Oh, viscous. We, we really need to get to the bottom of this mystery, I think. I, I believe so. Let's, uh, let's go find the chef. <laughs> As you guys head underneath, you guys see that there are uh, a lot of people on this boat that are, are lining up for, for lunch. It's actually lunchtime. Is it like a, a prison lunch situation where everyone's moving along a line and someone's slopping stuff onto a tray? Yeah, it's exactly that, except for instead of slopping stuff onto a tray, everybody's got a bowl and they're getting a big old slop of stew. Look, there's some stew. Perhaps perhaps that's Druthers. Let's ask this. Let's ask the, uh, you know, the chef. <laughs> Excuse me, chef. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, hey, how's it going there? I'm here to try, we're here to try your Druthers. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Just, uh, grab a bowl, uh, slop you up some druthers, no problem. Uh... So, would would you say druthers is a, a stew or a soup? Uh, well, how I make it, uh, it's probably considered a stew. There's a lot of, of uh, meat cooked in with the druthers. Uh, just, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a long boil. So it kind of does make it more stew-like. Uh, you know, if you get, get over to the, to the eastern edge of the continent, uh, you know, around, uh, uh, you know, probably the eastern edge of Asta, maybe through Dindarast, you, you might find a little bit more soup-like druther. Uh, but here, uh, definitely, definitely the way I make it and the way they do it in Vrem, it's a, it's a more of a stew, a heartier druther. And this is a hot stew, right? What? Or is it a, a cold one? I'd definitely look at more oh. like he's insane when he asks about the temperature like, of the stew. What are you talking about here? Like in um, that place where they have the hot borscht? You know, most places it's served cold. 
No, but I've never even heard of that. I've never heard of that. Did anyone know it's ever ever served cold what, soup? What are you what talking about? Did you just Everyone say? knows borscht. Borscht is hot. Borscht? Who is borscht? You're mate. Are you tired? Listen, what do you use as a thickening agent here? When you, you cook yourself up a roux first? Is cornstarch? You guys, are you guys bothered with cornstarch? What are you doing to thicken this thing uh, up? Actually, believe it or not, uh, grind up a little jicama. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. I, you, know, I, you know you wouldn't I think, think of I can it taste in it. a druther. I I t- what is it? Is this, is this turmeric? That was delightful. Ah, you got you got a you got a refined palate. So I got a good tongue. You know what I mean? Up top, and he high fives. High <laughs> <laughs> fives more. <laughs> well, chef, what, what would your name? What would your name, Mister? Uh, my compliments to, <laughs> to the chef. <laughs> you know that's you. Uh, yeah, my name's Gorper. All right, Gorper. This is the best uh, druther, you know. Given, I guess now I've had my druthers. <laughs> Going on with the plan. I've been given my druthers. Okay, so Lola, you and Ilztrek have headed off to a quiet, secluded area of the ship, wherever that may be, to practice your archaic abilities. Okay, so you need to probably work a little bit on your focus, I think, more than anything. So have you done much uh, much time spending uh, kind of centering yourself and trying to reach some sort of uh, understanding of the powers that reside within you? Um, I mean, Agarion <clears throat> mentioned that at one point. Uh, I'm not super good at sitting still, but I think that it's worth a try. Uh, can I do it? So I'm not looking this way, she says. <laughs> and she's clearly, like, fo- looking straight at him. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, it's, it's, uh, you, you're totally uh, up to you which way you would like to face. She faces and, the uh, exact opposite way. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, find the, find the pose that you feel is comfortable for you. And try to uh, try to center yourself in in, in 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 a way to get all of your kind of weight over the center of your body and just kind of straight up and down. He walks over and like kind of puts his hand on the small of her back <laughs> to kind of straighten her back up She's, a little bit. This it, it, just it, mantra in her head like calm blue ocean, calm blue ocean. <laughs> Okay, so, um, yeah, so just uh, kind of sit there for a little bit. Uh, let your mind kind of clear as well as you can. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do the same, you know, try to try to focus a little bit. And what you're looking for is you're looking for that power that is deep within you. Try to see if you can shape it in some way. Uh, let, hey, uh, it's worth a try, she says. And uh, she, she like, leans, her wings are bound in such a way that it's almost like a... a another appendage that she can lean back on uh and because she's got these bird legs so that she kind of just sticks them straight out and leans back on her wings a bit and is just all right uh concentrate sick sick flips and uh uh, grind the rail and (laughs) is she saying this out loud or in her head she's she's whispering it to herself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so you're, you're you're sitting there for a little while and you're whispering all of the amazing skate tricks that you know uh to yourself I should probably look up some skate tricks at some point no i think you're doing okay. wonderfully awesome. um and by the time you get to to nolly you feel like your eyes are itchy i mean you had your eyes closed kind of this whole time trying to trying to focus but your eyes definitely feel okay itchy. Uh, she i think she'll like do one of those real heavy sighs and be like this isn't this isn't working. Uh, and go to like adjust. Man, I I am I am concentration. You think it'd be my thing? So as you open up your eyes, it, it's strange because there's a dark spot just in the center of your vision, and it seems exactly like the the darkness of having your eyes closed. It's just your eyes are now open, and probably about. God, it's impossible to scale this descriptively. Uh, <laughs> I would say probably about uh, 30% of the center of your vision is just black. I, huh? Uh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Did I do it? Did I, I think I'm doing it. Yeah, no, po- possibly. But uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, you really have to, you know, keep focusing yeah, 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 and yeah, thinking yeah. in and of yourself. Okay. You know. she, she'll go back to focusing on that that black center. As you continue to kind of focus on the black center of your vision, it continues to expand until before too awful long, it fills the entirety of your vision. And you're not able to hear 
kind of the sounds of the airship around you anymore. They've kind of muffled out into almost kind of a fuzzy hum, and you don't really feel the uh, the floor beneath your uh, beneath your feet anymore. And you kind of just feel like you're kind of in blackness. I'm either doing something incredibly right or incredibly wrong. And so you kind of float around there in blackness for a little while until you get to a point where you start to think, okay, I better figure out how to not do this anymore. (laughs) This is getting (laughs) nowhere. Where is the undo? When kind of all of a sudden you drop onto the floor, but it's not the floor of the airship that you know and love. It is the floor uh, of a place that you haven't seen in a while. So where is it that that Lola would consider kind of a home to her? Um, okay, well, I I think it could be one of two places. And mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards one over the other now just because of all the events that have happened. So it could either be the library in Murkheim because she spent a good mm-hmm. deal of her time there learning and doing research and trying to improve her magic and things like that. Um, but okay. the other one would actually that I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards is the back of uh, the like one of the coaches that was in Clash Tiger's retinue. So it's it's probably the one that they spent a lot of their time in when they weren't in Murkheim and where she and Agarian probably spent a lot of time together, pouring okay. through books and, uh, you know, learning what she could. And, you know, she's she couldn't fly and she's smaller than the rest. So walking beside everything probably wasn't a super great option for her. So she probably rode most of the time. So maybe in this covered wagon. Yeah, okay. So you kind of flop into a seat that you know very well, and it is you know, fairly fairly plush for a coach in the retinue of a uh, a warrior, basically. Yeah, I think that they probably, like, on their travels, gathered, like, pillows from everywhere. So there's probably a big mishmash of different styles of pillow all over the, the bottom of it to, and, like, to, to essentially nest up and, like, candles that have been melted down to their their base like so there's wax kind of on the walls and it's it's i think that the word for it would be like comfortable like everything <laughs> is soft and every the lighting is soft the floors are yeah. soft the it's a cozy place yeah cozy that's better okay all right so you're in this cozy place but you know lola doesn't look like lola tends to normally look uh, Lola kind of looks a little bit different. She looks like kind of how she sees herself mm. in the world, like the inner kind of image she has of who she is. Mm-hmm. So how does how does Lola look in her own kind of mind's mm. eye? Well, her like her personality, especially in recent uh, times, is a little, like more outgoing and more confident. I would say so. She probably looks like a foot taller than she actually is, um, mm. and the the one thing that is kind of reversed as far as her looks goes is that uh her wings are are almost like two big cement blocks on her back because they just she's never used them they're just always getting in the way and the, a reminder that you know she's got this this terror of heights and so there's these big like they're not wings they're just not necessarily as heavy as cement but there's just these two blocks on her back but she has got she's got great plumage around her neck she's very she's really taking pride in the that just real good feathers she's got going on all right so you know you you catch a look at yourself in a mirror there and it doesn't seem like there's anything different about the way that you look normally but that's just i think because it is so perfectly how Lola sees herself. Yeah. And and Hank's here as well. <laughs> so how does Lola see Hank in her mind? I body? think that he he's also bigger than he actually is on her like she it's about her the size of her hand usually is Hank, but I think maybe the size of her forearm. So he's also quite a bit bigger and um I, other people don't I mean she doesn't he doesn't come out all that often. But she 
has spent a lot of time with this lizard, Hank. And so she sees a personality in him that others don't see. And like, she's like sarcastic and like loving in a jabby way. (laughs) But I mean, she... He is her familiar, so she's got this bond with him that other people don't necessarily get uh, a chance to see, because it isn't something that she shows to anyone else, really. So so Hank crawls out on your arm, and he's like, wow, we're, we're back here again, huh? I uh, guess so. I, I mean... It makes sense. This is where I've done most of my learning. So if I'm going back to learn more, I I guess this is my, the place I feel safe. Wow. Think they got anything to eat? It's probably pretty old by now, though, right? The food that they would have here. Well, is this like, I mean, this is my mind palace, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, yeah, probably. I I think of a, a big, oh God, what would a lizard eat that's not just a chocolate covered crickets chocolate covered okay a giant bowl of chocolate covered crickets i'll have two or three i'm trying to watch my figure thank you very much oh no you look great oh all right um (laughs) i mean yeah cool (laughs) these are good these are uh i mean i would like to say no but god damn they look good (laughs) they're pretty good i think she she chomps down on them with them so with a mouthful of chocolate-covered crickets, uh, there appears kind of... And it feels like uh, the the other person here has always been here, mm-hmm. but you just didn't see them until this minute. And it is what Lola thinks of when she thinks of Agarian. Aww. Is he... Does he look any different from normal, or...? He looks however Lola would, would see him. Right. She definitely... Okay, well, see him now or see him then? At this moment in time. Okay. Yeah. I think some of the shine of her image of him has come off. And and so Lola doesn't disagree with what he's doing necessarily or um, think he's wrong, but she definitely does feel betrayed by him in some respects. Right. Because right. like he was the person she was closest to. He was essentially her father figure. So the fact that he didn't confide in her on what was going on, didn't trust her to uh, contribute or like whatever he, he she does think that what he's saying right now in that like, oh, you guys have this important part where you have to be paragons. And stuff, she kind of feels like, OK, well, that's ju- that's just convenient to him right now. That's that's just what we can do right now. But I was never part of his plan necessarily so yeah she he doesn't have the larger than life visage that he once did and she definitely like idolized him before where now he looks less like um an icon and more just like a man all right well there is a very human seeming agarion uh sitting across the caravan from you on top of a very plush pillow as well and you have uh Half of a chocolate uh-huh. cricket sticking out of your mouth. <laughs> chocolate smeared on her hands. Hank's got his cheeks stuffed with them. These things are great. <laughs> she kind of like does that thing like a piece of pasta hanging at your mouth kind of sucks it in <laughs> and clears her throat. Like, uh, Matt, uh, Gary on? Uh, yes, it is I. Um, I don't remember how this voice goes. <laughs> He sounded like an old uh, man. He sounded like <laughs> he did. He sounded like uh, Deckard Cain. I yes, think. Yes, he did. Yes, <laughs> Lola. I uh, thank you very much for 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 coming in and, and sitting down with me. Uh, I'm sorry I brought you here without asking. I, uh, to be fair, thought that this was my thing. I guess it's your thing. It's a newer form of message that I've been working on. I. Uh, feel it's a little bit more personal. Uh-huh. So I had a few questions about how things went at the uh, uh, the city of Scars. Did you you reclaim a, a relic? We had we Christmas. She says, and so, then sorry. is a little bit embarrassed about it. It's like ah, uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, we met uh, Christmas Chubbottom. Yes, yep, yeah, we met him. Yep. He's a he's a good man. 
Uh, did did he uh, bequeath Ezra with his? Uh, no, no, he didn't. Uh, so sorry. What, is there a is there a plan vis a vis relics? Uh, well, I mean, I can't fault him for this. Uh, he said that the more relics we put out there, the more relics are gonna get stolen. So he didn't give us one. He said that if we go and retrieve the one from Mirka who is refusing to give hers back, that he would give one to Ezra. Are you going to kill Mirka? I I would hope that Mirka would, would talk to talk to us and listen to reason. Seems to me like uh, it's possible that if you are successful in, in talking with Mirka, that maybe you could just uh, avoid the, the whole situation and, and bring the relic directly to us. I think Ezra might... I think Ezra might bone that up. He's a... Uh, He's not really a forgiving sort. Ah, uh, yes. There's a lot of bad blood there, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, to say the least. Well, it's uh, there's added difficulty as well. Negotiating with someone who has a relic when you do not uh, can be difficult, to say the least. Uh, there's there's a, such an imbalance of power. Uh, have you thought at all about what you will say to uh, her? Nope, not really, to be honest. I'm not sure what there is to say unless you want us to tell her the truth. <sighs> it's a complex uh, question. I mean, eventually we would have to tell her the truth. Um, and uh, so far, that's not been a recipe for success in these negotiations. Where where are you right now? That's, uh, that's oh, difficult to Yeah, talk about. that's a difficult question that you couldn't possibly tell me because, yeah, don't know what I was expecting. We are currently en route to Merkheim. Uh, I do not anticipate we will arrive there before you do. Uh, but we're kind of uh, in no man's land right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, we'll try. I think it's going to come down to blows. We're probably well, going to have to take it by force. But, I mean, I don't think that we're going to kill Mer- Mirka. I don't think you know what you're up against with... Uh, uh, fighting someone who has a relic. Oh, you're right. I didn't travel with Clash Tiger for years. I have no idea what that experience could possibly be like. <laughs> uh, I sense a little bit of hostility here. What? Um, you said hostility? No. You, you, this is making this is making this very difficult. Um, <laughs> perhaps we could take a take a breath here and, uh, and and talk about strategy. It would be important to have one going in. Uh, Coming to blows with uh, someone who has a relic, certainly a, a, a relic of the, the power of Burden's Rest, would not be advisable. Uh, well, I mean, it's not... We'll try to hold Ezra back. He's pretty pissed, though. Uh, Amethor killed one of our friends. Merka then decided with him. There's, there's a lot going on in his head, and I can't figure out what's going on most of the time. So there's not a lot of likelihood that you're going to be able to negotiate cleanly with Mirka. Uh, you're anticipating a fight, which you will certainly lose. Why are you still going to Merkheim? Because what else are we going to do? This is the option. Well, it is. Uh, it is possible that you could you could return to Oster, uh, try a different route, perhaps. Um, there are other ways to claim relics, I believe. Yeah, I think that they've got our guard up after Cammy made multiple inquiries on the defensibility of the keep and how deep the walls go. So if you anticipate that this is, is something that will absolutely come to blows, perhaps we should rendezvous before you arrive in Murkheim. At least uh, we could provide assistance in the fight. Uh, perhaps arm Ezra with a true relic uh, to fight alongside Clash Tiger. I mean, if that's the option, then that's the one he's going to take, but he's going to want to keep it. Well, the the intent is to have multiple paragons working together to be able to return these these relics. It's... it's and he takes a deep sigh. It's, uh, it's been quite a burden on Clash Tiger to this point, and... He's not quite the same. Well, I mean, Ezra's whole motive right now is to get a relic to become a paragon. So if that could happen, I'm sure that he'd be happy to take that route. And what do you think is advisable? 
Whether he would take a relic or not, is that the right decision? Can he be trusted with that power? I mean, he's a bit of an idiot sometimes. A lovable idiot. But, I mean, he's he's got a good heart. I trust him. Very well. Um, perhaps then there is a, there's a way to handle this uh, with a little bit more forethought than walking into a fight completely unmatched. Allow me some time to think. Um, from your location and, and our location, the easiest place probably to meet before we arrive at Murkheim would be, uh, would be at the tomb uh, that we last uh, left each other before all of this began. Ah, I mean, to be honest, I think... Oh, boy. Well, okay. So, here's an issue. We're not traveling alone. Oh, okay. That that could be complicated. We're with the Prince of Rim and his retinue. Oh, that, um... That's okay. We, uh... We have, uh, an accordance with Ilshrek. Wait. Wait. Are you... Are you telling me that Ilshrek knows... You're alive. Uh, yes, actually. Um, does he we, know that we know? I assume he does. Motherfucker. It would make sense that he does. We needed access to a paragon from... Damn, um, he's a good liar. The paragon was uh, under strict orders not to leave, uh, so he convinced her otherwise for oh us. Oh my god. Does the, the queen doesn't know, does she? Oh, his sister would be... Uh, Inconsolable? Beside herself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, that's uh, it's a terrible thing, but there are bigger things at stake than the hurt feelings of a of a queen. Well, I mean, losing the person closest to her are more than. I mean, to say those are hurt feelings are well. I mean, that's callous. It it may seem callous, but when we're talking about the scale of the liberation of the restless souls of everyone who has ever lived in the past millennia, it uh, it it is easier to shrug off. I mean, for you. Do you not see the value in in what we're doing? Sure do. I I feel like your 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 voice is it's saying something different than your words. Oh no, do. I'm being completely honest. I I absolutely would not be helping if I didn't think that that was an important. I mean, probably the most important thing. But I also don't want to disregard the people that it's going to hurt along the way. I I feel that's fair, and I'm glad you are thinking of the of the people. Uh, that this will affect. So, presuming that uh, it is not too discomfortable a conversation, perhaps you could uh, notify Ilstrek of our intent to meet uh, at the tomb. Yeah, we can do that. All right. Well, uh, we will see you uh, shortly. We uh, have all preparations are, 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 are complete at this point uh, to be able to uh, move forward. We really are, are only lacking... Uh, a handful of, of things. The the burden's rest, of course, that uh, resides with Mirka uh, in Murkheim, and uh, the ones that remain in the vault in Oster. I think you've made a wise decision to uh, approach it as a battle, because it surely will be. Why did you leave me behind? Uh, sorry? Why did you leave me behind? Uh, when this all started? Yeah. It was a difficult decision, of course, but I thought you would be safer. Well. I mean, clearly that's not true. What, that I thought it would be safer for you, or that I was incorrect about it being safer? Maybe both. You seem to think that it's fine now. Uh, you've changed quite a bit, and we've done most of the meeting with all of the paragons that we needed to meet with. You have not been in a battle, paragon versus paragon, and it's not something you would want to enter into lightly. Well, we're about to do it, I guess. Well, now we are. Before, you were prepared to enter into it without any paragon on your side. And I think that that lack of caution might imply why perhaps you were not prepared. I'd like to think of it as optimism. And uh, the optimism is can, can be difficult to uh, see broken by the world around us. Did you take Dickie with you? No, uh... I did not. So we have no idea what his part is playing in all those. Uh, that's true. I, I had the understanding that he was just a simple, uh, what a squire, uh, and apparently he was not. Uh, from from what I have heard, uh, he uh, still has uh, some some nefarious doings 
his his name is whispered on the uh, voices of some of the more shady people around this Dickie. plane of existence. Dicky, Dickery. Well, I mean, they, they call him Dickery Bomberger, of course. <laughs> he may yet have a play, a, a part to play, or perhaps not. I don't know. Maybe the game master just forgot about. Him. <laughs> No, that's not true. That'd be lazy. <laughs> Absolutely, it would be. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll meet you there. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Click. Uh, yeah, so you kind of like open your eyes back up and you're back on uh, you're back on the ship. And Ilstrek is, is behind you and he is deep in meditation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lola slowly and carefully turns towards and to look at him and see he's deep in meditation. I mm-hmm. don't want to like do it real hard, but I'm gonna fucking headbutt this dude. <laughs> All right, uh, why don't you why, why don't you roll me why don't you roll me a uh, a fight? Oh no, I'm not good at this. You catch him totally unaware as yeah. well, so he's not defending well, you with this. Well, two pluses. Well, that's a minus. That's a neutral. So, uh, two. All right, you crack him right upside <laughs> the skull with like this, like the hardest part of your head. Too. <laughs> okay, I do it, and then she yeah. she instantly is like ah oh and is rubbing the oh, spot. Oh ah, that what in the world? What with that? <laughs> she she like indignantly gets up onto her feet and points him like right in the face. Is like, I hate when people lie to me. I'm getting really sick of it. Can you maybe? You knew he was alive. I, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific than that. Oh, who could I be talking about? Oh, you hate liars. Though, though I understand. Um. So you're talking about your former master who you withheld his his existence from my sister. And you are going to take the high road in this one. Oh, okay, I don't think fire. that you want to bring your sister into this because she'd be way more pissed at you than she would be at us. Uh, that's possible, but she can be forgiving. I've, I've pissed her off several times over my life. <laughs> and she says, we're square. I had buddied you. I feel a lot better. Okay, well, if that makes you feel good, then uh, good for you. Um, so, the, were you just sitting on the headbutt the whole time? or? Oh, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I just found out. How how did you just find because out? Because I met with a Garyon. Oh, I thought you were, like, really getting into the meditation thing. You like, sem- seemed like you were totally out of it. I tried tapping you on the shoulder, nothing. Well, it wasn't me. He pulled me in. Oh, oh that's interesting. Okay. He wants to meet us at the Tomb of Sand... Fuck. <laughs> The Tomb of Sandfuck. I've not heard of that one. It's an interesting name. I don't know what it's called again. It was not named. Uh, It was was just the Tomb in the Elysian Sands is what we called it. But now it's called the Tomb of Sandfuck. So congratulations (laughs) on that one. All right, fair enough. Oh, oh, that would be uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) Adam's face is just horrified. I am. I'm terrified at this. He's meeting us in the Elysian Sands at the tomb. We're to go there before we go to Murkheim. Oh, so we expect it's going to come to blows. Well, it will be if Ezra has any uh, say in it. Well, this could be good. This could be good. Um, This would probably be a smarter decision than walking in there with your main negotiator hating the person you're talking to but them also having the power of a god in their hands yeah that's probably not a smart idea so okay we can do that um sorry i'm a little out of sorts that was a pretty good headbutt honestly yeah bird bones uh... still hurt okay um great I don't know where this conversation is going <laughs> after <stupid>. this point. <laughs> okay, um, I cut that last little bit out. <laughs> so, and then, so she gives him directions, stands up, looks at him, and he's like, damn it, you're still hot! <laughs> and jumps out of the room. How is that for intrigue, right? I mean, you see this type of stuff every once in a while with, with, with queens and their brothers or kings and their sisters and 
um, to hold. It's a game, really, more than anything, you know. Once you really sit too high on that throne, uh, there's uh, pieces moving around you and things of that nature. Um, you kind of have to watch out. You know, and Ileana Villafar did not trust many people in her own court because she knew that there was a traitor in her midst, but I don't think that she ever really expected Ilsrak. You know, they were so close and had always been so close. So, um, it's unlikely that at the time Lola realized the depths of that betrayal, but it was, um, it was uh, one of the most devastating things to ever happen uh, to the Filifar family. And these are people who ruled for, uh, for centuries and centuries. Um, and when you rule for centuries and centuries, let me tell you, devastating things happen all the time. And they had one time in their family's history where uh, the king, uh, who was uh, Unta Vilfar, and his queen, Mika Vilfar, um, both of them were murdered at the same time. Uh, and it was a complete, it wasn't that they were in the same place or anything. They were just murdered at the exact same time in two totally different areas. Um, both of them stabbed in the back with an icicle. Now, it was very strange because they were left for dead in a locked room and then the icicle melted, okay? And so they just, they, they were found dead in a, in a wet pile and nobody knew how they died. There was no murder weapon or anything. And so it was very confusing and it happened to both of them at the same time. Um, so um, never, never solved, never solved, unsolved mystery right there. So. Um, you know, if you ever figure that one out, I think there's a there's still a reward out for for whoever managed to off those two. Uh, but that was approximately, uh, I think, 350 years ago. So um, I don't don't know you're bringing that fella to justice at this point, or I mean, multiple fellas. I guess if you're going to be doing multiple murders, you probably need more at the same time in totally different locations with different ice knives. Then you probably need more than one person anyway um but yeah no, it was a really rough time uh for for the filfar family and um you know but hey you know what can you say it's desperate times make uh, desperate people do desperate things you know and it's not like the brute force wasn't playing both sides of this particular tale as well you know uh, it was very tough for them to throw many stones, uh, partially because they were on an airship and most of the time you don't bring stones up into the air. Um, but, you know, additionally, it was difficult for them to, to say bad about what Ilstrak had done uh, because they as well had lied to his sister uh, for the cause that Agarion had set forth. I mean, all truth be told, it was a very convincing story you had going on, you know. As soon as you start talking about the fact that once you die, you're just there forever, it was pretty easy to get people on board. Anyway, um, please do join us next time here at the Gilded Round Grog House and Tea Room. I really do expect that uh, we'll be just charging right away towards Murkheim. Um, probably in the Elysian Sands, though, next time. You know, we've got to go through that part a little bit first. There's some exciting bits happening there, so that's going to be really fun for all of you. Um, and then hopefully, within the next couple of, uh, couple of uh, engagements, I will have paid off the last of whatever debt they feel I owe here, and they will allow me to re retrace my steps up to the room and maybe get my journals back, which would be wonderful. You can, uh, you can help along with that again with the comment cards. Just mention how, uh, boy, you do love spending money here, but you are a little concerned about Jasper and his ability to get his journals. That's what you basically need to say. You can address him directly uh, to Piper von Montgomery, that terrible person. I, 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 anyway, uh, do tip your Minotaur bartenders, and I hope to see you here next time at the Gilded Ram Rock House in Tyrion. Oh boy, great episode. What a showstopper. What a what a show starter, and then a show doer, and then a showstopper. We learned, we grew, mm. we loved. It's weird that it's you and me doing I know, we never do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so in case you didn't see, there is a there's a new podcast that joined uh, the Ginkly Inc. 
lineup of fine quality podcasts for your home entertainment pleasures. Uh, and that is Inks and Issues. Yeah, it is a weekly uh, book club for comics. So you can join the two hosts, Kieran and Jonah, and they will take you through uh, the best comics out there and kind of give you an education in comics. And Garfield. Uh, especially, and the Peanuts. There's, you gotta get some pig pen in your life. It's pretty Garfield heavy is all I'm saying. Uh, Mondays, am I right? No, that's <laughs> not right. No, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Lasagna. Boy, it's great. Uh, we have a couple of reviews uh, that I feel maybe a little uh, solicited and biased, but let's do them anyway. Mm-hmm. We have Good Force by Bloody Moo Moo. That's a five-star rating, and it says Fox Good. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, well, you think it's you think that's solicited, but like I think that that might just be lingo. Like that just might be like oh. that's one of John's fellow Brits. It's like Fox Good, isn't it? Oh, isn't that right, Fox? <laughs> Fox Good. Now it's not like Fox isn't an animal, but it's like you know that's how that's how people it's, would, would it's say like Fox. It's good, you know. What is it, Liverpool, Manchester? I don't know. One of the places where you're like apples, apples and pears is apples going and pears. up the stairs. Dogs. Exactly. Bollocks. Mm-hmm. There's another one. Do you want to read it? Sure. This one is uh, by Cree Bunny 25 It says, amazing characters and storytelling. And uh, it's a five-star rating as well. Uh, they say, I love this show so much. I look forward to every episode. The show has amazing, capital A, amazing characters from the main cast, like a wonderful skeletal ranger and a very spunky kitsune as well as amazing side characters like all the scary ham-faced men. My only issue with the show is that I always want pie once I'm done listening, and there are no good pie shops around me. Well, good news. Uh, This was a pie-free episode and a spunky kitsune-free episode, and there were no scary ham-faced men. So everything you know and love about the show... Do you know what my one issue is? Mm. Uh, The fact that only John and Ray were referenced in that last review. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a lot of love for Lola, so this was probably this was probably the, a bad idea to do a, 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 a episode that focused so much on Lola and her worldview. Um, so sorry. Hey, listen, every dog gets its day, and in this case, by dog I mean bird. Every bird gets her worm. And I idiom. Um, so. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can follow us at Twitter. We're at BruteForceCast, or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Adam Bash. Or you can follow John at Nudzer. You're supposed to say you. Like, Mine always goes last. Oh, okay. You can follow Ray at MRUnladylike. You can follow Pat at Pat underscore Rankin. And you can follow Carly at AnimatedMe with the threes for ease. The E's is threes. The threes are for the E's. The E's are threes. Okay, guys. You take all of the E's, you replace them with threes. Threes. Wait, yes, that is correct. Uh, I'll take one animated me, but sub threes for E's. Oh, good choice, sir. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Crush you later. Catch you on the crust side. Bye. I don't know what that was.